vintage sand. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to our last episode of 2022, and what an interesting year it's been. And welcome to episode 43, an episode, yes, 10 years in the making. We're very excited about it, but if, because of course we are going to throw in our two cents plus on the Sight and Sound uh, 2022 poll, the decennial poll, last done in 12 when Vertigo uh, upstage came to take number one, and now they're both down a notch, and a shocker, I feel like Casey Kasem, moving up from <laughs> moving up from number 35 10 years ago is Jean Dielman by Chantal Ackerman, but we will discuss. But first, I want to get some legal issues out of the way. Michael pointed out to me the other day that Turner Classic Movies is doing a series next month on director's final films. I want to point out that we did our episode on that a year ago. Once again, they are ripping us off. Ben Mankiewicz has nothing on us. And uh, although I do love the woman who does the silent film on Sunday nights. Oh, yeah. She, Jacqueline Stewart. Jacqueline Stewart. She's awesome. Yes, she is. And, um, and our list was better. And our list was better. And But Michael pointed out they included like Lola Montez and a lot of the slightly more obscure films that we talked about then. So if anyone knows a good lawyer when it comes to you know intellectual property, trademark, that kind of stuff, give us a shout. All right, so we turn immediately to the 2022 Sight and Sound poll, which is a shocker in a number of different ways. The one thing was not shocking about it, it was that, you know, the easy read on it is it's a generational war. It's yes. the old folks saying the kids don't understand real film history. Well, also, a lot more critics, so-called critics, were voting this time because the first time they did it was only 65 critics. Right, now voted. it's like 1,600, it's right? 1,600 yeah. critics now. And a so, lot of young folks. Are there really 1,600 really, really good critics out there? Well, and a lot of, but a lot of, on the other hand, a lot of the younger people are saying, you know, of the 100 positions, 65 are still occupied by European white men. So is that not enough? You know, is it, you know, huh. I, I'm doing a happy dance. Listen. Well, it's if always been European heavy. Right, European white male heavy, and with occasional, you know, they let Satyajit Rai in, so we can say, look, we have an Indian person. What I mean, I mean, a lot of the films listed has always been yeah Eurocentric, and, and plus they let a few Japanese films in, and this yes. time they did a lot better, I think. I, 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 I yeah, except I would have liked to have seen Yugetsu much higher up on number ninety. Yeah, I saw I, that. I, I was like, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> Seriously. I would probably put that, if I was making a list, I think I'd put that in my top 10. I, top 20, at least, if not top 10. And I got, I got to object that several of my favorite films were eliminated totally from the list. Um, Nashville, Wild Strawberries, The Wild Bunch. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and... Uh, but Persona moved up. Persona is Persona up, yes, up. number 17. Which I think I might put in the top 10. Oh, it's, it's in my top 14. Don't get me asking <laughs> Michael counts in base seven. They just, so. they just, they just have, I have a... It's so hard, it's so hard to start to choose like just a 10. ten. When you, I but mean, so I have, I'm sorry, I'd rather sit through Wild Straw, I'm with you, I'd rather sit through Wild, Wild Strawberries. Wild Strawberries is and, great. And mm -hmm. Seven Seal than, uh, than Persona. I mean, I admire the brilliance of Persona, wow, but... Wow. Wild Strawberry has aged really well. I, think I thought so. so too. I yeah. think so. I, mean, I, I saw it as a kid. Uh, my mother made me watch Bergman on every sun Sunday or Saturday on Channel 9, hosted by Judith Christ. You have to watch these movies. The first one I watched was um, The Virgin Spring, which I hated. I remember, I remember seeing that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they were all dubbed in English. 
And Ooh, then yeah. Wild Strawberries came along and was like, oh my God, I Just think the this opening. is the greatest film I've ever seen. Because the first time I saw Wild Strawberries was in a theater, and I really liked it a lot. And I didn't see it for a very long time. And then saw it again, and I was mm-hmm. like, I liked it even more. But also the thing that really came to mind was, this this is not aged at all. It's it's ageless, really. The the whole subject matter and yep. everything. It's just it's just beautifully done. I uh, the opening scene, you know, with the with the clock and everything, yeah. and the, I I, yeah. show, I think it's amazing. I show that when I uh, teach my uh, high schoolers film. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be interested to see if you're going to show number one. Yes, I am. I'm going to show the meatloaf scene. Because, or just the meatloaf scene, not the whole film. No, I can't. I mean, I literally don't have time for Jean Dielman. But so let's mm-hmm. get right to that. Yeah. Let me be devil's advocate. Okay. I don't think Jean Dielman is the greatest film ever made. I don't either. I, I don't think it was and number 34. What was it last time? It was 34, I think. Or I don't 35. know. Now it's, it's number one. I got to tell you something, guys. If I were 30 or under and I had any kind of training or inclination towards feminism, I would wonder what the hell Vertigo and Citizen Kane are doing on the list. Because those are two films where the women do not get treated particularly well. Especially no. Vertigo, and they're no. basically shrill, you know, stereotypes in Kane, too, between Emily and Susie. So. Yeah, I, I get it. I understand. Yeah. So you're saying that there were a lot of critics voting. They wanted to make a point. I think so, but I yeah. think every film, every one of these polls is political in one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not as sharply as this, but also, you know, things things have changed a lot more in the last ten years yeah. than I think they have between, say, sixty-two and seventy-two, but or seventy-two I, and eighty-two. We were just talking about this before you got here. Um, do you think that Jean Dielemano is 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 it making a feminist point? I Absolutely, one hundred percent. What is what is the point? Here's why: because yeah. she she is in a prison of routine. Yeah. Okay, and it reminded me of the moment in I think it's Band Apart where uh, Anna Karina says, "You know that a moment of silence is a really long time," and Godard gives us a moment of silence, and yeah. it feels like it's about twenty minutes. Yeah. So yeah. This is she bends time, and I think what she's arguing in her own way is that the way that women have presented, even in the greatest films like Cain and Vertigo, and no one's no one's questioning the brilliance of those films, but that this film undermines that and sort of presents a woman's life as, you know, as especially a woman, it's almost like Virginia Woolf, a room of one's own. She's in this position because her husband died, she has to raise her kid, and this is her only recourse, which is really funny because... Well, we we, we know so little about all the circumstances. We don't know her recourses, Yeah, we don't, that's just it. I mean, did she have no formal education? Was there no job available to her? Was there... We don't, we don't, was there some income... That she's getting from, say, insurance and maybe in government funding, but it's still not enough to but be the, able to but survive. The, the lack or... of specificity makes her an every woman. Yeah. Makes, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says that this is the case for women. And I am particularly fascinated because in 67, you had both Belle de Jour and two or three things I know about her about housewives who turned to prostitution for yeah. very, very different reasons. Yeah. You know, one as, an, as you know, Benuela sort of riffing on the idea of pleasure and boredom. 
boredom, whereas Godard is making a Marxist point. Godard is saying yeah. this woman wants more money so she can buy more things, and now she has become the commodity herself. I, so I think that in its structure, in its realism of time, in its repetition, in its very length, I think she's saying that these other, these breezy Hollywood movies are all part of the problem because they there have was, created... Well also, well, also, she's 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 challenging the, the, the conventions, the traditional convention of a film. It's an anti-film. She's at, which which is part so of so is Tokyo Story. So and well yeah, but way, Tokyo, a, story Tokyo Story is moving. And it, well, this is a, not there's a, no well there's a story. It's, there's there's no real story in in Jean Dielman. Not really. Um, there there really isn't. And I think that's uh, the that's, whole. That's, she that's what, but yeah, but she's she's also she's she's saying okay, I'm going to challenge the traditional narrative film. I'm not going to make a narrative. I think and which was why I had this thought when I was watching it. Uh, when you have the so-called climactic scene, I might as well just say she murders one of her clients. Yeah, that, that's it's not a spoiler. A, yeah, um, it may have been a better movie without that. Possibly, because but, then you just you get that feeling. This this is her life. She's destined to just to be like this because you definitely get this sense from the beginning she's not happy and you can see slowly how she's becoming unhappier and happier the long she starts gazing off into the distance and she starts making mistakes she overcooks the potatoes yeah. and, 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 and also, also one, one thing that really like, like came out stuck out at me is when the, the neighbor who drops off the baby yeah and the second time, she keep the baby's fine, sleeping. And, and she, she take, comes she, here and she goes, takes it out, and the baby's crying like crazy, and she puts it back in the the crib or whatever, and it stops. And it's like the and baby she, and then you see, and, then, and she yeah. does it twice, but then sits down, and you see, and you can see her her body language, and she looks up like she's suddenly she's probably thinking to herself, "I'm not even a good mother." But I, I think what what she's trying to do is say that, you know, the fat Michael, you say there's not a story there, and there really well, there isn't. Well, there is a slight be, story, right, but, but she's stretched like, out to three hours and 21 minutes. But I think she's making the argument in terms of what you guys were saying about formalism. It, I think she's making the argument that the very, you know, nature of a Hollywood film with a story told with, yeah. you know, climax and, an, and, an, and, yeah. a, and a, you know, a rise and a fall yeah. and that that is actually part of what has imprisoned women over the years in a stereotype, in several stereotypes since Hollywood's... Wouldn't that imprison so, men as well? How so? Well, I mean, what you're saying is... The hero role. The, How many men in 1975 were doing what John Dealman does every day? Got to go to the store. Got to make the meal. Got you know, and and, and no, I did. <laughs> but, I mean, this has become a much. I mean, these days, I don't know if it has the same hold because if you go to uh, to Tompkins Square Park on a weekday at 12, you'll see as many dads pushing yeah. baby carriages as moms. Yes. But uh, also, a lot more people are able to work out working from home too. Yeah, no, and I think yeah. that. But in 1975, when she she's 25 years old, the same age that Wells was at, when he made Kane, yeah. and both films ignore all the rules. Yes. I think there is a strong connection in a lot of different ways between. All Kane I can and say is, Kane is something I would recommend to anybody. I racked my brain; I could not recommend this movie to a single person. I, I know. I just, I, if I wanted that person to remain my friend, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying it's a bad movie. When it comes out in a theater, when either Film Forum 
or IFC, I want to see it again. Because yeah. when I see something on TV, I don't really consider myself having seen it. 100%. Mm. And, and I, well, also, and you, I want also to see, you want to see what the reaction of the audience is. Oh, though. yeah. Yeah. No, but also... Because and, you and, think those kids who didn't like Vertigo at the film forum when I took my young friend to see it... You think they're going to really warm up to this? I don't this? know. I would bet a lot of the votes for Jean Dielman came from the younger critics. I don't I think... I, I, who were maybe raised critics! In, raised was, in um, feminist tradition. I was looking at my, um, my David Thompson book, The Biographical Film Dictionary. The edition I have, she's not even listed. Not even listed. Yeah. Now, does she deserve to go from 35 to 1 in one fell swoop? I don't think no, so. I don't think so. But yeah. I could see yeah. it in the top 15, but there's, maybe. But there's, there's definitely... But I do, I do admire the, um, the bravery and audacious... This of the movie, and she's what she, what she's twenty-five to, years old. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's it's yeah. it's 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 thro- taking yeah. the rule book and saying no thanks, and, she became, and throwing it out the window. She became a teacher at City University. She, uh, I'm I'm a, a huge. I fan did of see hers. I did see a film, an English language film that she did, A uh, Couch in New York. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I've, I saw no, it on an airplane. She had another one uh, <laughs> on the list called News from Home, which was about her time she spent here, which I didn't like at all. Documentary? I, I don't, yeah, no, no, it's it's documentary style. It's a verite style, but... I, I, I don't want to sound like I dislike the film. First of all, I love Delphine Serret. Wonderful. Yeah, and, and just to watch her, it was like watching a beginning um, class in technique. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Were, yeah. And, that, like, and, yeah. and it brought back memories of my technique class. Yeah. No, and the fact is that... The if whole idea he, it, of being able to do tasks comfortably. Right. And, and I would recommend that movie to anybody who's starting acting. If Ackerman <laughs> had done a Brasson and Kat, or a Chloe Zhao and cast, non-actor, uh, cast a non-actress in this part, I think it would have been agony. Oh, yeah. But the fact that she is yeah. so good in her technique without showing any technique at all. Exactly. Yeah. It's a master class. You're right, Michael. Exactly. Absolutely. The, the, the other thing that was, it was the, the relationship between her and her son was... Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, because first of all, she treats him like a little kid. Yeah. yeah. She, I mean, he first, I, I was struck because when he first came home, she takes his coat and hangs it up for him. And I, first thing I even, I said out loud. You can't hang up your coat yourself. You're a grown. You're almost. A, you're practically a man. And you're not the, five. And the, well, is he a man? I mean, I was curious about the age of the son because felt like about sixteen or seven. Well, That's because what I the too. the one time they have dialogue when he talks about his friend and uh, Jan, Jan, and yeah. uh, Jan's feeling about sex. It's like. You sound like an eleven-year-old, or maybe even younger. No, well, he was. Well, he, she, he says she, but that. She tri- but she tri- She does everything. She tri- she turns the heater on and off for them. Mm-hmm. When she goes, when they go to bed, it's like time to go. Lights out, whatever. It's like <sighs> he's not five. Well, but it turns out that he had that. You and know, they that, barely talk to each other. Yeah, you know that moment where he realized when Jan explained to him what sex was, and he realized that his parents, when his father was still alive, yeah. were doing. I mean, and it, it, like he hasn't gotten past that. You yeah. know, it's like straight Freud almost. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, what does Freud call the moment when the child understands mm. that his parents are having sex? I forget what that is called, but formally, it's just extraordinary. Well, so when he's sitting, he's sitting on the couch, and she doesn't put the radio. He's like, aren't we going to listen to the radio tonight? He's like, why don't you get up and turn it on yourself? Yeah, it's, <laughs> and then the whole thing where she takes him out for walks every night. Yeah, like like a pet. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's very strange. Very strange. <laughs> But 
And and plus the scissors reminded me of Grace Kelly's scissors in Dial M. Me too. Right? Uh, the, you, you just saw those scissors there and you're like, oh crap. Well, so you know. It's you like know, a Chekhov you gun. Knew, you knew something bad was going to happen yeah. way before you see the scissors. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you just, you know. I knew something was that was going to be bad when she couldn't find the right buttons for her son's coat. But, oh my God, and she goes around from place to place I to know. place. But you compare Polanski where in Repulsion, where Catherine Deneuve murders someone who's actually trying to help her, a man in the apartment, and she's dragged out. But Polanski, being Polanski, gives us a clue as to why she is the way she is. Right. I think what Ackerman's doing, because after she kills the guy, the whole rest of the film is just her sitting there thinking for about four minutes, and then it's over. So I, I think what... I think I think what Ackerman's trying to say is that you know there are no easy answers. There are no because remember in Repulsion we pan over to the picture on the floor with the much younger Catherine Neuve character looking up in terror at her father, and we're like, oh, now I get it. But Ackerman's not giving us any but easy people, answers but, but, here. But people have got to understand who have not seen this film, and I'm sure almost everybody who's listening has not seen this. Film. Yeah, no, very few. It is slow. I mean, six to seven minutes on making a meatloaf. But deliberately. I know it's deliberately. I know it's no accident. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying though. The dirtiest kitchen table in Europe. <laughs> well, except uh, Catherine Deneuve's in Repulsion. You know, when the vegetables start to grow. <laughs> but, <in public. laughs> I, I, I mean, the part with the veal and everything, and then she just takes that disgusting rag and wipes it off. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, but when I'm watching this, I, I, I kept thinking. This could have been done in two hours and have the same effect. But couldn't you argue that? And ba- the other thing that well, we need she to wants you to. I know. I know the, the. She would argue. I wanted the audience to feel the right. to tedium and the the mundaneness of Not her life. Not movie time, but real time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. to get the sense of routine as prison, yeah. which is interesting because that compares so interestingly to Beau Travail, which I just watched, which, you know, the Claire Denis film that jumped into the top ten. Which I don't, you know, I don't like. I haven't I, seen it since it came out. I, I really to. liked it, but it's also about routine. And um, it's about these well, the French the Foreign Legion guys. in Right, and it's the guys in Djibouti for the French Foreign Legion yeah. and their routine. And then she brings yeah. in all the Billy Budd stuff. Again, but, brilliant film. Top I, ten? I, I, no, I... Uh, and I'm not crazy about it. I think it's, I mean, a lot of people go on and on about how beautiful it is, but it's, I, I, I like what it was doing in the sense of, for, I mean, it's, it's trying to tell the so-called story completely visually, which I really like a lot. Yep. Just a lot of narration. It's, it's and slow. And it's told it's, from it's, the Claggart character's point of view, which is interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah but... The, the, the images, the images actor. that so many people have talked about so much about the beauty of the. To me, though, the images is are they're more pretty. They're more they're like advertising pretty for pretty sake. Yeah, advertising design type images. But I'm not crazy. There's no real subtext in the images about her in general. I think she's okay. But has any either one of you seen both sides of the blade that came no. out this year? No. Uh, but it's on both the uh, critics for the New York Magazine. Uh, for 10 Best Picture. When I saw it, I went, oh, no, it's a nice, it's a good, interesting story, but there's nothing particularly. I, I, I sometimes, I, I know I'm going to get uh, hated by feminists out there, but I sometimes think these uh, f- feminist filmmakers are just, are being lauded just because of the fact that they're women. What if you substituted the word woman for gay? Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. 
There are gay directors that I don't particularly like. Yeah, who just don't. Yeah, and I just go, really? Well, and that that takes... Okay, so no problems now, with... Now, one big surprise, though, that I'm very happy about on the top ten is Mulholland for... Drive. Yeah, no. me too. No. But I, I don't I no. don't I don't necessarily it's, would put it in the top ten. Though. It's my third favorite Lynch film. I think Blue Velvet's a better film. I think mm. Eraserhead's a more interesting film. I love Mulholland Drive. I'm sorry. It's Ann Miller's best performance. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you be anti Ann Miller. She could spin and spin and spin and tap and spin and tap. She's amazing. But yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I was, I, I was, I was just very surprised to see. You I was too. I was thrilled to see in the mood for love move up because that is. I the, like in the mood for love. I, I love do too. I was just watching it it's this a beautiful, afternoon. Beautiful so movie. romantic and every sense. Yes. I don't know if I'd put it in a top ten. I'd have it, have it a top ten for the year two thousand. Oh yeah, but oh. But yeah, top I, ten I, of I, all time. Would you I, guys put "Singing in the Rain" in the top ten? Yes, I wouldn't. I but, know you but, guys. You guys like "Quiet Man" over uh, for that year. "Singing in the Rain" for fifty-two yeah. in the alternate. I, I, I love "Singing in the Rain." I just, I but too. I wouldn't. I, for I wouldn't a musical, I would switch it, it for 10. the bandwagon. The thing about and you've pointed this out, Michael. I think the problem with "Singing in the Rain" is that the music, which is deliberately you know those old MGM songs from 29, 30, 31, yeah, no, some like "Beautiful really, Girls," just. Kills it, just slows it down. It's supposed yeah. to be like a pre On the other hand, it's a hilarious, and it's the only one on that list on the top twenty that has any humor. Well, at all. yes, I'm, you didn't find two thousand one <laughs> well, funny. There's humor in Kane. There's humor. In well, Kane. yes, Kane. Yes, I'll have to sell this place in, in 60, sixty years. years. <laughs> no, I, I take that back. So no, but happy I'm happy. New with, Year. Uh, but but that's the thing. So there's I some humor in two thousand one, a space Odyssey. So that, I don't no, remember so any. That's sure where. But that that example, John, the Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, where we jump seven, yeah. you know, seventeen years in one cut, yes. you know, so well, you're not supposed to do that. You're also not supposed to show someone actually taking the amount of time it takes to make a meatloaf yeah. on screen. So I think in there, in an opposite kind of way, Wells at twenty five and Ackerman at twenty five were kind of doing the same thing. Does yeah. it make it fun to watch? No, yeah. but formally and well, that is a, that is one big difference. Kane is so much fun yes. to watch. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're as, not... As I, 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 I'm trying to... I do have a cousin who's... Uh, my cousin's grandson who's a freshman at Tufts in film. And he, we, I met him for the first time in like 10 years over Thanksgiving. And he's really, really into film. I gave him a thing for our podcast... Him, I might rec- uh, might recommend the movie too, but that's about it. But the, the the last thing I want to say about John Dealman is that it's basically one camera angle. There's a little bit of cutting, but yes. it's you know a medium shot. But so was Tokyo's camera. Tokyo Tokyo's Tokyo story. story was moving. This is not well. That's because well, Tokyo Story. And I've talked about this before. Is that. It's ancient. He, he does it in a way so that you become so involved well, yes, with those I characters. I freaking love Tokyo Story, yeah. and I'm happy but to see it. But it's apples and oranges when you compare this to Tokyo well, Story. But then what you're saying is that the whole point of the list is kind of questionable, and I totally agree with that. How do you compare I know. Tokyo yeah, Story to John Dealman? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. a silly thing. Yeah. And there, I'm going to bring in, I have, you know, Mulholland I could live with. My biggest objection to the film, which no one to the poll, which no one else has mentioned, I okay, I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this. I have from my family already. The inclusion of uh, my neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away, the two Miyazaki animated it's films. Animated, yeah. I'm sorry, that's where my line is. I mean, I, it's a whole different category. I feel and she, yeah. like voting. I, 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 yeah, I, I kind of agree. That's that's part of my objection to a man with a camera because it's oh, it's, it's basically but that's, but that's it's a documentary. Where, 
It's a documentary that was made for political reasons. It's a propaganda film. Yeah, but I'm so I'm thrilled. Forget about uh, Ackerman and uh, and Claire Denis for a second. How about Meshes of an After of the Afternoon coming I in? I unfortunately have not seen that. I haven't it's either. Amazing. Yeah, I have Maya to see Darren that. is like my historical feminist experimental film crush. So and it's it's an incredible piece of work. And there's Julie Dash who we've praised yes. here. I would have loved to have seen that as number one. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe someone will give her money to do a second you know, film 30 years later. That I would have loved now. to have seen. And that's a beautiful film. And I also want to pat myself on the back. You can hear it, folks, just a little bit for Wanda, uh, which came into the yes. poll for the first time at number 50. We did that on our One Hit Wonders episode, right. and I think that is an extraordinary film. I, I, don't, re- I don't really like either the other Ackerman film um, news from home, or I don't like the Gleaners and I so much. I didn't see that. But, but I saw the couch in New York. Wait, but Cleo from five to seven, which I sh- everywhere I've shown Cleo from five to seven, people have in my film society, in my class at Brooklyn Academy of Music, they all, they everyone love freaking loves that that's film. A, that's a good. And movie. I think it's a I think it's a straight up masterpiece. That's a good film. And I'm thrilled to have Agnes Varda on. Mm-hmm. The I list. have not seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That only came out what two years ago. It was excellent. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Three years ago. We'll see. We'll see if it has legs. You know, the same thing with Get Out. Uh, you know, and we'll we'll see. I, mean, if- I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with them selecting a movie that came out recently. That's what the first time they did the poll. It was Bicycle Thieves. Um, it's a very eclectic list. It's as simple as that. Yes, it which is. Which is good. Which is a good thing. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and and I think it's about time. And I'm sorry. I'm gonna pat myself on the. I'm gonna get a wrenched. I'm gonna wrench my shoulder from patting myself on the back so much. But you guys have been witness to me screaming about how freaking brilliant "Do the Right Thing" is for ever since the oh, day yeah. it came out. And I guarantee you that that film came in the list at 24, and it's going up because it is. It probably. It probably it's that was. Good. Well, it is. I told you my 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 flaw in that movie. I know you don't like Spike in it. Well, I get it's, it. A, it's a it's a it's a. It flattens it's, the film for me. The performance flattens the film. A bad he's, performance. He's not a, and he is the center of the film. The yes, he is. Yeah. All right, and uh, I, I, I really like Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It stayed with me. Who it's, directed that? Uh, uh, Celine Sciamma, who did uh, Petit Maman this right. year, which is one of my favorites. Which I did see. Which I thought was adorable. And I found it kind of dull. Didn't like it. Okay, <laughs> it's only an hour long. Too. I know, but it felt like two. And I am not, you know, in terms of women on the list, I don't love the piano. Uh, no, I, th- I, I think Campion's got a, a I, great eye. I like I, I uh, like it. I like it. I'm not in love with it. I like the one, uh, the film last year, The Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Much more than the piano. Yep. And um, I don't know Chitlova's Daisies. I think I may have seen it once in college. It's supposed to be like, you know, it's from the Milos Forman, Yuri Menzel, mm-hmm. Czech Spring right, right, kind of right. film revolution, 67, 68. So it's to be a brilliant satire so I'm going to check that out again here's here's another point for you okay. if this is supposed to be so political and yes killer of sheep is finally on the list about freaking time because there were what there was two one black film maker on the list last time Mambadi with the Tukibuki which is still there so and yeah this killer of sheep and you know, Moonlight and Get Out. We'll see in thirty-two and forty-two if they have if they have legs, if they can hang on. But it's just nice to see. But no one, everyone's like, oh, it's so political, it's so political. Where's the Mexican new? I don't. I would. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's a mixture of some 
political statement and and an old school a lot of, and a lot of the movies that are that are on the list in the top ten have been on there for a very long time and deserve to be on there. Right, and some and films fall off. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on how uh, silent films are all plummeting. But except Sunrise, even Sunrise fell out of the top ten. Although it's 11. I know some people were complaining. Oh, there's only one John Ford movie on there. No Hawks and no Howard Hawks. I have no, a whole no no Bunuel. No, yeah, that's that that is bizarre. I to mean, me. even Shannon Delu is off. I that mean, is, that's, that is bizarre to me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and no, no John Huston, right? Nope. Nope. No, John no, uh, no Wes Anderson, no P.T. Anderson. Nope. I, th- no. I thought for sure that there Maybe would be Blood Mag- or Magnolia, Magnolia would be would be. Yeah, up I there. thought I thought one of those two would be on there. Yep. But no. Well, well, I'll get it in a second. But I was I was just thinking that. I mean, I would rather watch Pan's Labyrinth than. 95 of these films, maybe. It's a great, um, it's a great movie. Or Roma. or Lo- oh, I love Roma. Or a too. great movie. Or Birdman, if that's your thing. I mean, I... Birdman, you know, I wasn't... Did you see Bardo, by the way? No. Oh. I hear it's awful. I know it's awful, but it's in Yowie News, so I'm Did going. Did you see it? Nope, oh. not yet, but I'm going to go. And no, I'm going to well, try to Roma see it Roma was the my choice for the decade. So if we're so politically correct here, I mean, the Mexican New Waver's own best director in the team. Yes. Right? Five in a say. row or something? Yeah. something Five out of six? Yeah. And, and where are they here? Yeah. There, there's no one. There's it, Al, Al Motivar's not in here? No. So, um... I was happy to see, though, two Edward Yang movies are on the list Including now. the one you mentioned yes. in our last episode. What yes. was that one called a again? Brighter Summer a Day. Brighter Summer Day and Yee Yee, both there. Yeah. Yep. And Chungking Express is there, so that's two Wong Kar Wai. Plus, you've got two Kurosawa, two Ozu. But Casablanca's on the list. Which kind of comes out of nowhere. I love Casablanca, but I was really surprised that it's on Casablanca there. Casablanca was on the 2012 list, I think. I don't well, remember. My favorite list, and I've never all you know always warmed up to the sight and sound list because I mean for years uh, they had the Wells movie on that he didn't direct the whole thing, the uh, Magnificent Ambersons. Oh yeah, should uh, never have been on that no. list, and it was on for like two, three decades. Touch of Evil should have. Been. So yeah, yeah. well, Touch and of it's, Evil and more. It's God. And it's gone, yeah. But when I heard the Writers Guild, what they voted for their top ten, seven of them are in my top fifteen. It's and I I'm going to list them because when I when I hear that list, it's like this is a move. These are movies that everybody should see. Casablanca, Chinatown, Godfather One, Godfather Two, Citizen yeah. Kane, All About Eve, Sunset Boulevard, Network, Annie Hall, Some Like It Hot. I have no problems with Those some are the like top it hot. And but here here's the interesting thing. Uh, of, uh, of the new films that came in, five of them were directed by white men, right? Including The Apartment. Yeah. You mentioned True. you mentioned that some is like on it there. hot. Uh, you know, we lost um, we lost Raging Bull, but we yes. got but we got Goodfellas. Goodfellas I, I, which surprised and me. Taxi Driver. Because I, right, I actually prefer uh, Raging Bull to those two films. And here's... here's which surprised I, me. I did a little data crunching. Oh well, especially for, for for quite a while, Raging Bull kept moving yeah. up by a lot of critics. It wasn't was getting, it, wasn't it, it was once getting, on the top ten? Or close? Close. Or? Close. And I mean, yeah. and I know when they did like polls of the decade or whatever, almost every critic put it yeah. at number one. So a lot of... Uh, Shining is there for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Stephen King agrees with you on that one. Yes, well. 
I know a lot of people really, really love The Shining. I know. Yeah, Maybe I five, should watch it again. I don't five know. Of the, there are 24 films that showed up on this poll that were not there in 2012, and five of them are by white men. Shining, Goodfellas, Apartment, Rivette, Celine, and Julie Go-Boating, and, uh, and, the, and uh, Red Shoes. Colonel Blimp is gone, but we got another Powell instead, which is Red Shoes, which I think is a much, much better film than Colonel Blimp, much more influential. So, well, I like Peeping Tom, but that's a whole other story. Mm. That That's another year of therapy mm. for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that is a sick, twisted, wonderful little film. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a mixed bag. Where is the Mexican New Wave? How are they not? How is your yeah. boy Almodovar not on this? It's, 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 it's insane. I don't it's think he's ever been on this. But, but is that, also a matter of life and death is on this which belongs there have you seen it recently oh, yeah. oh, oh my yeah. god really I showed good. that to my wife and she's really like good. the whole escalator to heaven thing yeah. and she's like what <laughs> Yeah. 1946 for real? I was like, yeah. yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Yeah. I'm glad that, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that Tati is still there with Playtime, which makes me very happy, but it's the only film without dialogue. It's the only, greed's gone, I understand. I disagree, but I understand. Um, yeah. And Intolerance is gone, so no Griffith. And, and and for the longest time, I, Birth of a Nation yes. usually in the top ten. Sure. Well, and now see the, the Birth of a Nation. It's so interesting because it's it's a, it's an extremely important movie in the history of of film. It's a milestone in in narrative technique. But it is appallingly racist. So you have those two things go, going on. It's well, and it's it's. it's and just, then where it gets trickier is the politics because Chinatown's not there, and Manhattan or Annie mm-hmm. Hall or whichever one of the Allen films is not well, there. Well, yeah. has any of the Woody Allen ever made? I think Manhattan was in twelve uh, okay. or ninety two or oh two or ninety two. But it, and that is that because did Chinatown all of a sudden? Turn into a terrible film, or people no, like it's I. It's a can, great movie. I can, the younger the younger critics who vote is like I cannot, in good conscience, cast a vote for this guy. And are they still mad at Ingrid Bergman? It, yeah. Well, and that, but that's where it gets tricky. And, yeah, you know, but then they'll say they like Rosemary's Baby. But there's no Polanski on here. <laughs> I know. Let's check out. I have the list here of all the. Well, first of all, let me just make my little pitch for silent film. So it's still there, but Sunrise fell out of the top 10. Yeah. Joan of Arc down 12 spaces. Modern Times down 15. Metropolis, Metropolis for God's Metropolis sake. Metropolis down is, 32 is points. Battleship Potemkin down 43. I kind of get that. I can understand. The General down 61 places. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you, it's, it's a weird list. The only one that from that period that went up the City Lights. And I can understand that, although I prefer modern times a tiny bit. But I mean, I like that's Monsieur Verdot. Me too. That's my. Monsieur that was on Turner the other night. Oh my lord, do I love that movie? Um, that's my favorite Chaplin. But that's where that's the only generational issue I have. But you know, I was thinking about it, and you know, Gans's Napoleon should be on that list. Veter's The Crowd mm. should be on that list. And you know why they're not? Because they're not available. No, that's a good yeah. reason. Are, and I'm wondering how much of well, a role availability how, well, plays. Would you be able to watch Napoleon 
on TV and be able to, I mean, would it be the same effect with the, with what he did? God, the polyvision. With the, with the, the polyvision, yeah. Holy crap. It's that, you're telling me that doesn't deserve to be? Even Jacuzzi, this first you know major film from 1919, which I show scenes of sometimes, is amazing. And uh, La Rue. And I, I just think that silent film is is falling away. And I think if you're talking about film not as entertainment but as an art form, it doesn't get any better than silent film because all you have is visuals to tell the story. But how many people, I mean, okay, Sunrise is still there, but it's out of the time. How about Last Laugh, for God's sake? How about Pandora's Box, for God's yeah. sake? I mean, The one, the one that I really would have liked to have seen ranked higher is Metropolis. Can you, uh, Metropolis is, is brilliant. It and it's down, still very relevant. You bet. And it went down 30 two places and every time you see Blade Runner or the Star Wars films and the prequels and the sequels you know it's straight Metropolis ripoff I mean you know the the flying cars and the planes and the trains it's all Lang at least M is still on there thank God that's the only other Lang but also the politics of Metropolis what is it the hand and the heart the hand and the heart must work together Um, so you know again some one black person on the list in 12, 2012, that right. was Mamadi for Tukibuki, right. mostly because Scorsese's been championing it forever, mm. and it's a great film. But now, seven people, seven black people, seven black directors, and it's about time, including Usmane Sembene, which, who may be the greatest filmmaker Africa's ever produced. Black Girl is finally on the list, which I'm thrilled about. And again, there's Julie Dash and Spike and Charles Burnett. And so, you know, maybe the, if it's a little political, maybe it's not such a terrible thing that it's not all the no, white that's, men I'm voting. I'm not saying that's a bad thing It's at all. It's just I mean, a thing. I just know that I'm positive that if um, June... Uh, comes back. Gene Dillman. Gene Dillman comes into the theater and people are going to go see it. People are going to come out of there thinking, this list is a load of crap. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I think sorry. a lot of people have thought that the Sight and Sound list is a load of crap. Well, maybe, because I've talked to a lot of people over the years who think, what is the big deal with Citizen Kane? Uh, that I have to argue with. Yeah. Oh, I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. No, I, and I, I usually say the well, same I, thing. Every once in a while, I, I talk to someone who say it's boring. Yeah, well, I usually <laughs> say, like, huh? have you watched it on television or did you see it? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to... I know I'm, I'm, you yeah, said but, you loved it on television. Yeah, the very first time I saw it, it was, was on TV and I absolutely loved it and the power of it was overwhelming. See, maybe you were older than I was. I did not. For two I, reasons, I hated the... Every 10 minutes, it was commercials. And also, I could not get out of my head that Joseph Cotton was the Bayer Aspirin man. <laughs> it, was the first time I'd ever, it was the first time I'd ever seen him act. It literally took me out of the yeah. movie. And I but, remember... But you are right. That is much more, much more to appreciate when you're able to see it. Yes, and when I saw it the second time in college, it was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. This is a great movie. Right. I am so glad that I didn't see Vertigo. On television. Oh, I hated Vertigo time. the first time I saw it. Oh, I, I know I would. How hated it? How uh, because I saw. I told you guys I saw the reissues when they came out in '83 when they yes. came out on VHS and uh-huh. Rear Window was first and Rear Window was so amazing and then yeah. Vertigo was second and I was like, what? Wait a minute. Oh, but you didn't. You saw it un, uncut. No, I saw it uncut. I saw it on big screen. And you want to talk about slow filmmaking? I give you the two, first two thirds of Vertigo. We're yes. driving. We're we're going to the Palace yeah. of the Legion of Honor. We're going. We're you know it's yeah, the same. It's, it's, really. You cannot compare that. Mm-hmm. 
you can't. I'm sorry. A lot of film critics could. Seven to to what to. Seven to John Dealman. No, 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 no. This is so. It's no. It's you're, you're not. You're, you're, you're misleading people. No, I'm playing devil's advocate. You're misleading people. No, no. To compare oh, well, well, the slowness of Vertigo to compare well, well, the slowness. Right away, the big difference is the camera moves in Vertigo. Truly, it does. And in Gene Dealman, it never moves. Ever. <laughs> There's no music, which is fine. I it have no problem with that. Yes, because I have no problem with films that don't have any music. That's often a good thing. Yeah, the very, the very is my favorite film of the year. I saw and Vertigo it was the very first time it was on TV. I don't think I would have liked and it. That I, was CBS, I, wasn't it? I, no, it was NBC Saturday Night at the Movies, uh-huh. and I loved it. Really? And I was. I wonder if it was and cut. I was like, I'll, I'll bet I you. Think, I bet you it was cut though. And I was. I like, don't know what they would have cut out. I was like, oh. first of all, why I saw you, it once on AMC. It was cut to ribbons. Why are you giving me the answer two thirds of the way through the film? And what the hell happens at the end? Nothing happens at the end. So, or you know, did, well, a was, lot of people I know, I know fall? when it, yeah, when, when they had re-released it and it was showing in the theaters, and I remember what? some people like, why is this such a great movie? I don't get, and, and, and they ruined the mystery. They let me know who's. They said yes. I, I kept arguing, like, no, because it's not a mystery. And <laughs> even if you're not an ardent, ardent <clears throat> feminist, that scene where he's dressing her up in Ransahoff's and oh, the God. I mean that's unbearable yeah. come on Judy it can't matter to yeah, you yeah. I, I mean y- yeah. if you have even inkling of feminism as I said at the beginning you must be wondering what the hell Vertigo is doing there yeah. um, because you know Kane is at least relatively neutral in presenting the stereotypical you know uh, shrill you know, Susie and you know lofty Emily but I mean you know uh, she has well, also Emily's Ma- much, uh, much, much smarter person. Right, she lets you on to know. Well, but 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 Judy slash Madeline has no agency in Vertigo. She is she's uh, uh, she's a feminist nightmare. I mean, and I'm saying that Vertigo is my favorite film in the world. It still is. Nothing has changed that. Well, but it's, it's, to me, it's more it's more about two people who just desperately need to be loved and want to love have a lot of love to give it's just that his has been focused on something that doesn't exist and it's it's something that exists right. in his and, head and Midge is presented you know Midge is desexualized from we, you know we talked about this we yeah. talked about I don't know our, I wouldn't call it desexualized everything's yellow everything's neutral the apartment's yellow. She's so yellow. Yeah. She's, I mean, you know, I. she's sort of like just like the plucky, you know, assistant there, the girl Friday. Yeah. But, you know, there's not, he, there's not one minute of attraction to Midge. You know, at least in this film, maybe in good old college days, but uh, yeah. that will but never But you were the know. one who, who cut her off. And that look. <laughs> and uh, that, we talked about know, that in the best supporting it's just, actresses. It's just, it's, just, it's just so funny when you find out that little tidbit of information and then it's just, it's just left hanging out there. It's never explained. It's yeah. and it's just sort of hovering around the rest of the movie. It's like, so, well, what happened? So, <laughs> and why are they still friends? What's going on there? For those for those people who think this is a knee jerk political thing and that it's woke, let oh, me. No, no, I'm no, not no, saying no. that. No, no, no I know not. you guys are not saying no. it, but a lot of people are out there. Mm. Let me make another one more. I've, I've yet to hear one negative thing about this movie being chosen. Uh, I haven't heard anything yet. Paul Schrader just came out with. Oh the, yeah. You know, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> There's someone who really understands women. I mean, you know, <laughs> and a great listen. He's got a he screen wrote one of the films in the top thirty taxi drivers yes. there. But yeah. um, but I want to put just a number. You know, you know, if you're gonna if folks out there are gonna refer to this as woke and just dismiss it, there are 22 people who have more than one film in here. Of those 22 people, 
see what you see what the first 16 have in common Hitchcock Kubrick Lynch Coppola Brisson Tarkovsky Fellini Chaplin Keaton Goddard Wilder Dreyer Chris Marker Scorsese Fritz Lang and Michael Powell 16 mm. of the 26 they all have a penis yes and a white one <laughs> Apparently, as far as we know. So, white men have been given more opportunity, right? No, no, but I'm, but I'm saying people are, say, are, are, are older folks like Schrader are saying it's crap, it's woke, it's just politics. But 16 of the 22 people who have more than one entry out of the hundred are white men, and I want to point out that. Well, the and others, when you looked at the top 10, too, you can't say it's just politics because you have you have Kubrick. And you have one car Y, and you have Tokyo Story, you have Citizen Kane, you have Vertigo. And Mulholland. And Mulholland Drive, yeah. It's and like, and uh, Ben with a movie camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Singing in the Rain, all I'm made by White Man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I am definitely going to go see uh, Jean Gilman again when it comes to a theater. And I press the will because there are some people, believe it or not, who don't stream. Yeah, yeah. imagine you know? that. Imagine that. Well, and, he, and and here's the thing. So, just to, so that's what we have. Let's talk a second about what we lost. So there's one Bergman, as we pointed out, one Renoir. I know. Are you kidding me? Oh, totally and, and off rules, the list. And rules of the game moved Only down. Only rules of the game, rules and of the it's game out of the down. top ten. Um, yeah. Grand Illusion's gone. Party in the Party in the Country. Party dans la campagne. It's right. gone. Uh, you know, let's. I mean, I think no, Baudu is, should be is, on there. I is, think. is Renoir becoming an acquired taste? I don't, I don't know. get it. There's only one Antonioni. I know that really Laventura has moved down. I was yeah, like, Antonioni is an acquired taste. Yes. I yeah, like but, him, but he's an acquired taste. Yeah, but I, I have to but say the Lola? first time, but the first time there. I saw Laventura, I I didn't like it. And then I, I was like, you know, God, so much, I keep reading so often about what a great movie this is. i got to give it another chance. And I liked it a lot more. And I've liked it more every time I've seen it. I think it's a brilliant movie. Another film, Michael, where not in the same way as John Dillman, but not much happens for a long time. Well, go on, argue with okay, me. Okay, I can it. argue with you. <laughs> a lot of tour. Maybe nothing happens, well, but there's uh, there's a constant engine. In, in, there's motion, yeah. There's, in well, this, there's, there's, there's drama. There's, there's, there is there's, drama. There's a relationship between characters. Well, she's missing. They try to find her. They give up. There is no drama That's in this. That's Laventura. Josh, there is no drama in this movie. There is no drama in this movie. Well, I don't know. Except They're at the very to, end. Trying to find that button was getting pretty dramatic. But <laughs> but you get. I, I got wrapped up in the ritual. And when she started messing up, I was like, oh no, she's she overbaked the potatoes, you know. But it still it still could have been done it still could have been done in less time. I well that I that I can't argue with. So wait, want no uh Aguirre Wrath of God is off. That leaves one film from the entire German Neue Kino, and that's uh Fear Eats the Soul, uh, which is my favorite of those films, but I love Aguirre. And how is Wings of Desire not on here? I'm not a big fan I'm a of Wings of Desire. I think Bender should be on here. Yeah, um, so what else we got? One come. Rossellini, as you pointed out, and it's Viaggio in, uh, uh, yeah. in Italia, which yeah, I was, is I was kind of surprised that Open City's not on the entire list. Yeah, or, 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 it's, or it's, Python. It's, or, it's, it's a there, there are a lot of people who don't like uh, Voyage to Italy. I love that movie. 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of that's, people just don't dismiss all of the Ingrid Bergman Mussolini movies. Oh, that's a lot better than Stromboli in, in Europe yeah. of 51. And I, lo- I happen too. to like uh, Visit Italy a lot. That's a, that's a film that totally surprised me. Yeah, I, I went did to not see that, see that at that uh, Film Forum, and I was like, ooh, this is really, really good. Um, are there just more? Than, I think there's more than one De Sica. Um, well, Bicycle, Bicycle Thief is still there. Was with, um, Umberto? Bicycle Thief is way down now. Way down. Yeah, way down. Considering I mean, it was, was number one. In which is really strange, considering the very first poll, it was number one. Yep. Yep. One Wells, as you guys mentioned. One Ford. Uh, and, uh, well, you and I have uh, a, a disproportionate love for Grapes of Wrath. I, I think Grapes of Wrath is one of the hundred greatest films ever made. I Easily. love Grapes of Wrath. But... Yep. And Searchers, Searchers <laughs> fell out of the top ten. <clears throat> yes. Which is interesting. Well, Although I don't think I... Put it in the top ten. I wouldn't either. Even though I think there's some things in it that are brilliant, it's it's uneven. And yes. once again, it has a performance that hurts it. Jeffrey Hunter. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, also, that, that, also, that just matters thing. to me so much. Yeah. I mean, there's some. There are some aspects of the Searchers that are brilliant and mm-hmm. just incredibly beautiful. I think it's Wayne's best work. Yes. Oh, he's, 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 he's great. He's so good in that. Yeah. But sometimes you'll have you'll have a shot that obviously was done on location, and it's just brilliantly done and then all of a sudden you have a shot that was obviously done on a studio studio. indoors and they don't really mesh together it's true um, I was surprised that none of the Dogma 95 directors, I mean, Von Trier has done some of the most interesting films, and the Celebration, Vinterberg's I do like, cel- I do like the Celebration. that movie. No Dogma 95. Yeah, yeah. No, and let's go back a ways. No Sternberg. I mean, no. Uh, no, I mean, really not Blue Angel or um, uh, Scarlet Empress. I mean, something. No Stroheim. I mean, I kind of get that. Stroheim is, is uh, well, a, eight really hours in a I've never, I've only, the most I've seen is three, so I'm still <laughs> waiting for that. Um, no Abel Gantz, as I said, no Renee Claire, who I think is the first great sound comic director. I mean, Le Millon and uh, Anou La Liberté are, are beautiful. No Bunuel. I know, that, that, that one really surprised me, no Bunuel. How, sure. no, how could there be no Bunuel on there? I mean, I might choose. A, I would choose Exterminating Angel. That's my favorite Bunuel. But I mean, you 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 guys love Obscure Object of Desire and yes. Street Charm. Charm is my favorite. Yeah, I mean, Bel de Jour. How can none of those be on there? I don't. Or Lodge de War. You I just I about? just watched Bel de Jour again not not too long ago. It's great. It's brilliant. Really? I, I love Bel de Jour. I thought I was the only one who liked it. No, I love no, it too. It's a great movie. Um, no Hawks. How could be no Howard Hawks? K- kidding me? No Houston. Because he's a right winger. I don't know. No Nicholas Ray. I mean, maybe our best filmmaker in the film, no Polanski at all. Maybe that was politics. Maybe it was politics. Maybe it was. But but if you look at the director's poll, some of those things are. Yes, Yes, Chinatown's there. And I mean. uh, The director's poll is kind of interesting, but also there's some odd choices in that one, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Woman Under the Influence. Yeah. I mean, I love love Cassavetes, but that movie is. And Jenna Rollins is excellent in it, but. Right. No, I would have done Shadows. I mean, his first. I would have done Faces. Yeah, or that, or Husbands. Any of those early ones were just revolutionary filmmaking. But I thought. Women Under the Influence. Yeah, Um, it's really not. No David Lean. Lawrence of Arabia's gone. No David Lean. Yeah, that's oh, there are a lot of critics now just like I, David Lee is not, out of favor. Well, no, but I love the early British oh, the I, beginning of Oliver Twist. I love yeah. uh, uh, Brief Encounter. The, Brief Encounter was I think on the first two lists yes. as top ten. 
I believe you're right. Yeah. Yep, I think that is true. No Altman, sorry, Mike. Uh, I mean, uh, Nashville. How could you make a better film than Nashville? I, I've talked to people, younger people, who hate that film. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but they do. No Malik. I mean, at least Badlands, maybe Tree of Life, I thought. Has Malik ever been on the list? I don't I think don't so. Think so. I don't remember. Um, I, I thought maybe this was Tarantino's time, but no. Tarantino. Yeah, remember. I thought maybe Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. They will That's never, the only They one. will never put him on. Why? Snobbery. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Well, that one, when he keeps coming out with his own list. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Great Escape is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> no Jacques to me. Actually, Jaws is his choice now for the greatest well, movie ever made. Speaking of which, so No Jacques to me, no Alain Rene, really? Hiroshima Moore, Marion Bod, no? Okay, fine. Marion um, Bod. I, I, I was thinking about Marion Bod while I was watching. Talk about an arty movie. All right, so then it's, let me give you something. How about, there's no Richard Linklater films, none of the before movies yeah, or Boyhood or, or or really, and no Coen Brothers. Really? Has, has the Coen Brothers ever made the top? I, I, I don't no, think so. but I thought that now. And I don't think Richard Linklater's ever made the top either. Yeah, and that's cr- but but I mean other directors who never made it before. I give you Spike Lee who deserves it, um, Charles Burnett who deserves it, Julie Dash who deserves it. Got got, got in there. I, I mean, no Coen Brothers really, and no, neither of the Andersons, as I said. And finally, and this may seal your snobbery argument, fellas. No Spielberg. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I don't think Spielberg's ever been on the list. Uh, I think wasn't there one time that um, if it was it was the, very low um, the Jaws might have made it no yeah. wasn't Schindler's <laughs> List on it one time I don't think so I don't remember but I don't or maybe I'm thinking of a different it's list maybe really, a director's list that could be yeah but in that list. hints that this is much more about snobbery than politics I think so and so, I mean, just as a final, my final wrap-up thought, you know, it's the teacher in me coming through, is that in the end, Michael, you're absolutely right. There is no, there's the, the idea of comparing, you know, say, the searchers to Passion of Joan of Arc to Jean Dielman. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. It doesn't make any sense. But what I like about it is now a whole bunch of people are going to go see Jean Dielman and a whole people, a bunch of people are going to go see In the Mood for Love or Beau Travail or Tokyo Story or, you know... Or, well, Tokyo Story's always been on the list. Always been on the list, true. But, but I... So if they like, haven't seen it by now, they probably... I, cele- I celebrate the poll, whatever its intrinsic value is, I celebrate the poll as something that every 10 years stimulates people to go beyond their comfort zone in terms oh, yes, of what definitely. they've watched. I, whenever it comes out, I've always... And I always every once in a while go back and look at the all the different years and everything it's like oh I've never seen that I have to go see it right and that's to me that's the most valuable thing about these kinds of lists and I hadn't seen Jean Dielman since 87 a friend of mine Bob Travis where are you out there I love you Bob um, programmed a series uh, we ran the Film Society at International House and we programmed a series of, of female directors and we showed that and I remember appreciating what she was trying to do but really not loving the film I liked it better okay here's my question it came out in 1975 right Vincent can be reviewed in 1983 it, was uh, a, it wasn't shown here it wasn't shown at all in the in the States no there was, it was never released no. was it released in Europe I she said, in the interview I saw with her, she said that it played at 
uh, sir, uh, un certain regard, sorry about my French pronunciation, at Cannes. Mm-hmm. And she was sitting in the back just watching people walk out one after another. But then she said, the next day, like 50 people said, come play Venice, come play Ber- Berlin. We want your film at our festival. So I think it was more of a festival I, success. I, I, than... No, I, I shouldn't make it sound like I dislike the film. I don't dislike No, the I didn't film. get that sense at all. I, but... I, I am going to see it again in one sitting at a theater and I may actually like it more. It's I, possible. I, I, it certainly made me hungry for meatloaf. Yep, and it's certainly not, num- I'm certainly, as far as I'm concerned, not the greatest film ever made, but I don't know what that means anyway. What does it mean to be the greatest film ever made? And um, I think, again, I appreciate it as an educator. I appreciate it for the doors it opens. We're always talking about we do vintage sand to open doors. Yes. I just, this poll opened a lot of doors for me. I just got the DVD of Chitlova's Daisies, you know, which I would never have done in a million years, but like, oh, crap, it's number 20. Maybe some folks will see Portrait of a Lady on Fire who haven't seen it yet, or Killer of Sheep, or some of the more obscure things on here, or Wanda, which is out on Criterion DVD, which needs to be seen. Any last thoughts on the poll, guys? Or I mean, Roger Ebert said it was the only one it mattered. Well, if it does, <laughs> well, people are going to be... I just know people are going to be disappointed when they see this uh, Jean Dillman. They are. I don't know. I think so, but I, I could be wrong. I mean, remember, I'm the one who uh, was given a viewing of the Rocky Horror Show in, in college, and I said, get this movie out of here. Nobody will want to no see this. No one want to see this. So I could be wrong, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We all could I be wrong. I often are. That's the joy of this. I often but, is. Oh. But hopefully, you know, as I said, this, you know, look at the poll. You know, agree, disagree, yell, fight, have fun with it, and go see some stuff that you haven't seen before, never yeah, heard of before. That's definitely. that's the value. For me, that's the primary value of this poll. Yeah, of all the polls. I mean, I, I've always found when viewing movies, like, you go to, you discover something you hadn't seen before, you really like, oh, well, what else did this director do? Right. And, you and start, way leads on to and, it. And, you know, and it leads on as like, oh, I didn't know this director was influenced by this director. Oh, I don't. I didn't know this actor. He's great. What else did he do? There you, you know, go. You just and you just and you one free thing leads to another, yeah, exactly. and just keep going on. Oh, who wrote this? You know. So it's. I'm just looking at the director's poll right now because the top ten is not that much different. Um, Wonder One was 2001, and the director's yeah, poll. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that. Citizen Kane was number two. Godfather was three. Tokyo Story was four. Gene Dillman was tied for four. Mm-hmm. And then six and six, Vertigo and eight and a half. Sure. Then Mira. And three movies tied for nine, Persona, In the Mood for Love, and Close Up. Boy, I'll I'll tell you, talk about the mirror. Um, You know, Tarkovsky and Godard each had four, but they all plummeted. I mean, you know, all of them went breathless, went down like 30 spots yeah, from 2012 to 2012. Yeah, only one true foe, by the way. We didn't even mention that. Uh, Jules and Jim. Uh, Which is what I think is his best movie. Yeah, top 100, 100 film. Jules and Jim? No, I think 400 Blows. Oh, 400 Blows. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, yeah. I would always expect to see either, if not both, uh, Jules and Jim and Day for Night. Day for Night's never on the list. Don't get never. It. Don't oh, understand that. It's, I, I think it's I, too light. I, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I, I I mean I I like the movie a lot. It's very entertaining. It's fun, but is it really a great movie? I I don't really think so. Well, uh, and I hate I hate the ending of Day for Night. I think it's just cheap writing. It's like lazy writing. Yeah, that's what I think. What's wrong too. with the ending? 
Should we spoil alert? No. Spoiler alert, go! No. Yeah. I think it's just lazy writing at the end. Oh, I don't know how to end this. Let's just kill that guy off. That will, oh. be, that will be more dramatic weight to the movie. I like the ending of Holy Grail better when they just... Well, yes, but it, it, it explains, away. though, what does happen and what can happen when an actor does die. You see, I true, don't think I don't true. think that was lazy. Right. I disagree yeah. with you. Okay. Right. I thought yeah. you meant the very ending where they're just all saying goodbye, and I'm just like, well, oh, no. the film's no. over. No. People say goodbye. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. How does eight and a half drop out of the top ten? I'm sorry. All right, but we could, I agree we could do this all night. Yeah. All right, so yeah. let us. That is our that is our take on the sight and sound poll. Complex take because it's a complex topic. So don't whatever you do, don't feed into the simple. You know, it's it's political and young critics are idiots thing. Or, you know, don't or the other side is that, you know, enough white men are ready. There has to be somewhere in the middle and that's where we're living, so there you go. Necrology, Necrology time. time. Not too long not today. Not too long today. Um Robert Clary, ninety eight. Oh, from uh, Hogan's Heroes. Yes, now yeah. mostly known for T V, but he's best known for playing Corporal LaBeouf in the long running sitcoms Hogan's Heroes. What wasn't widely known, and I didn't know... He was a survivor. He was a Holocaust yeah. survivor, having spent three years in his teens in a German concentration camp. Oh, my God. And he lost 10 of his 13 siblings, plus his parents, mm-hmm. wow. in the Holocaust. Apparently, what kept him alive, he looked older than he was, it was his entertainment ability. Oh, yeah, I wonder ability. why. <laughs> ability. He often performed for other prisoners as well as the SS soldiers. Then after the war, he performed in France and then made his way to Hollywood, appearing in the film, the, thief, the films The Thief of Damascus and A New Kind of Love. Hmm. After Hogan's Heroes went off the air in 1971, he appeared in the film The Hindenburg with George, Ooh, with George C. Scott. Scott. Ooh, yep. That was terrible. Yes, it was. And on the soap operas Days of Our Lives and The Bold and the Beautiful. For many years, he refused to discuss the Holocaust experiences until later in life to come back Skeptics and deniers, he wrote an autobiography from the Holocaust to Hogan's Heroes, and he gave talks at the Simon Wiesenthal Center. Hmm. And he continued doing this in his 90s. Well, wow. Kanye West wow. says it never happens. So yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, a whole, no, no, no. that's a whole other podcast. Yes. Irene Kara. 63. Uh, a performer from the She Bronx. said she was going to live forever, too. It's there in the song. She's going to learn how to fly. I was actually acquainted with her. Oh, when I, in, I bet in she was school. awesome. Well, let me finish her bio first. Uh, she was a performer from the Bronx, and she appeared on TV's The Electric Company when she was 13. At age 17, she appeared in the title role in the film Sparkle, best known for her performance in Fame, where she sang the title song, plus Out Here on Our Own. Which is beautiful. Both songs received Oscar nominations with Fame winning. In 1984, in Flashdance, she sang the song Flashdance, What a Feeling, which she co-wrote with two other writers, and she won the Oscar for the song. Well deserved. And also a Grammy for Best Pop Performance. She appeared in other films, including City Heat, with Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds, and Certain Fury, opposite Tatum O'Neill. As a vocalist, she did extensive tours, but had a long-running legal dispute regarding royalties on several of her singles, which she claimed damaged her career, even though she eventually won the suit. I knew, knew her in professional children's school. She was three years younger than me, but she was always, always working, and a bunch of us went to see her. She was on Broadway in the musical The Me Nobody Knows. Huh. And then we went to see her afterwards. Was she and, a nice person? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, she was much younger. She was much younger. I I was in eighth grade, and I think she was in the fifth or the sixth, though. It's like, it it wasn't like we palled around or anything. Yeah, Yeah, there's a big difference between fifth and eighth grade. It was, yeah. yeah. But she was the one who was always working. She was like... Well, because she could sing. Yeah, well, that helped, Yeah. yeah. Derek Granger, 101, television and film producer and writer. His best-known series was Brideshead Revisited in Mm. 1981, which he produced and adapted, but he was uncredited for adaptation. His two theatrical films were A Handful of Dust in 1988, which he adapted from from the Eve Lenoir novel with Kristen Scott Thomas, James Wilby, Judi Dench, and Angelica Houston, Mm. and a favorite of mine, where Angels Fear to Tread in 1991, which he adapted from the E.M. Forrester novel, and starred Helen Mirren, Helena Bonham Carter, Rupert Graves, and Judy Dench, Judy um, Davis. Oh, I love Judy Davis. And she has the funniest line in this film. I'll never forget it. Uh, she's in Italy. She's trying to retrieve her late sister-in-law's child, even uh, from for her family. It's a very convoluted story, but it, it, it's good. Oh yeah, no, they're both they're both good movies. But they're both good movies. But so, uh, someone tries to talk to her, some Italian elderly Italian woman, and she goes, "Don't touch me! I don't care for the hang of you. I'm English." <laughs> and the way she says it, she's so neurotic. It and is English. so funny. <laughs> and uh, I don't have it, but I'd like to see it again. They, and both films were directed by Charles Sturridge. Mm. Okay, Julia Reichert or Reichert. Documentarian, yes, right? Yes, 76. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Documentarian filmmaker who worked out of Ohio. She specialized in narration-free documentaries. Hers were more oral histories where she would let the interviewees speak for themselves. She dealt a lot with women and the labor movement. She won an Oscar, didn't Two she? of her most famous films were Union Maids, which profi- pro- profiled three women in the Chicago labor union movement during the Great Depression, and Seen Red, which portrayed rank-and-file members of the Communist Party mm-hmm. in the 1930s and 1940s. Both films were nominated for Academy Awards. Then she received a third Oscar nomination for the documentary short The Last Truck, The Closing of a GM Plant. Now, this, this film documented the closing of the automobile assembly plant in Moraine, Ohio, some of it clandestinely by the workers inside the plant. Mm. Um, now, uh, this served as a kind of a intro to American Factory, which he did win the Oscar for. And right. this was about a Chinese billionaire purchasing the assembly plant and turning it into an automobile glass factory. Did you guys see it? It was on yes, Netflix. Yes, I, I saw American Factory. And it won the Academy Award. It was produced by uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. Yep. Uh, through their uh, Higher Ground Productions. And that was just three years ago. It's on Netflix. People who haven't seen it, if it's still on Netflix, it should be. I think it 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 probably is. Okay. But it's... uh, So, yeah. And she was always making movies. Love the documentaries. Yeah. And Kirstie Alley. 71. TV and film actress. Best known for portraying Rebecca Howe on TV's Cheers for which she won an Emmy Award having replaced Shelley Long in that series. Her film debut was Star Trek. Woohoo! Star Trek. The Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan. Her other Savic. Her other films were Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking 2, Look Who's Talking Now, Summer School, Drop Dead Gorgeous, and my favorite, 
portraying one of Woody Allen's bitter ex-wives in Deconstructing Oh, that's right. That's right. After Cheers went off the air, she was in another sitcom, Veronica's Closet, for three years, and then appeared in the mock reality show, Fat Actress. Right, because she... Yeah. yeah. I have to say, I preferred Cheers after she came on it. I did, too. I I think she she was really good on Cheers. She really, really was. No, she was an excellent comic actress. Yeah. And I, I, I think the... That show ran as long as it did because of her. I and, think, Woody I, and Woody, and Woody Harrelson, too. Yep. But I think if it had just been her that whole time, I think people Should would have well. tired of that character, yeah. the Shelley yeah. Long oh, character. Very, yes. As well, because mm-hmm. it was a tiresome character. Yes, she was. <laughs> well, and Nick Coach, you know, his, yeah. you know who, who died. Yeah. And he died in the Woody Harrelson Right, and, him. you know, but it was kind of a one-joke character, kind of. yeah. but uh, well played. I agree. Yeah, I love Coach. Everyone loved Coach. Yes. yes. So and that's, that's all right. Everyone else stayed, managed to stay alive for another month. Good job, Hollywood. Thank you, Hollywood, for keeping, for keeping my job simple. Exactly, <laughs> love it. All right, now it's time for America's favorite segment. That's right, John Myers quote quiz. Johnny, okay. what do you got for us this Here month? Here we go. So the last quote was, "He was some kind of a man." What does it matter what you say about people? That was Marlena Dietrich in Touch <coughs> of Evil, 1958, directed by Orson Welles. Which is now not on the podium. <coughs> yeah. And and great, she sh- great movie. And she shot all her scenes in one night. And paid, yeah. was paid scale, oh, right? Nothing, nothing. Nothing, yeah. And she said in her documentary, she said it's the best movie I ever made. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why. I can understand why Amberson's is off. I have no idea why Touch <coughs> of Evil is off. No yeah, idea. Why I, off. Yeah, it's a great movie. And that's the last line of the film, right? Is that the last yes. line of the film? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, well, actually, it's not technically. Yeah, because yeah, Campanella says good night, yeah, and she yeah. says adios. Yes, yes. that's so. true. All right. That's you're right. Uh, but it's oh God, talk about great endings for movies. Oh my God. Ooh. Yes. I mean, he crams so much into that last few minutes. Yes. Brilliant. Anyway. Because it's the time of giving, Woo-hoo. I'm going to have two quotes for tonight. What? Yes. Get out. Yes. So the first one is, why kill myself worrying when I'll end up just as dead anyway? I know you've both seen the movie. Hmm. Not I'm going to give you a hint. Mind. No. It's on, no. It's, it's, it's on the 100 list. Ooh. It's not John Dealman, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> The second quote is, you don't yell at a sleepwalker. He may fall and break his neck. Hmm. That one's really familiar. That sounds, yeah, I know, right? That sounds... That movie is also on awesome. the 100 list. All right, and it's not Bo Trevi, so... <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> that film made me a sleepwalker. I love Bo Trevi. It's beautiful. It's all done. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm a sucker for anything that has to do with Billy Budd. So there you go. So uh, if you think you know the answer or want to find out the answer, come check us out on our, on our answers, <laughs> because it is the giving season, uh, at www.vintagesand.com. Com, our cleverly named, uh, where you can find information on uh, previous episodes. This is our 43rd, I believe, and um, we're going to have to go and record the 50th episode out at the new film museum in Hollywood. We should totally, I think so. We should totally do that. That would be awesome. Oh, okay, I'm getting in. And we should invite Ben Megawitz. Exactly. <laughs> see if he can keep up with us. 
And uh, so in episode 44, which to be recorded uh, in the new year, we are going to reach back to an episode we did a while ago, episode 16, in which we focused on one movie on a particular anniversary, uh, a movie that caused a great amount of controversy uh, in that it was the last film of one of our most beloved or at least admired directors, and that, of course, was Eyes Wide Shut. I suggest you look back to that. That was one of our better ones. Since, and it was one of, really fun because Mike liked it, John kind of liked it, and I hated it. So it was a really good discussion. That was episode 16. We're now, for its 45th anniversary, going to apply a film that is sort of a strange outlier in the Scorsese canon, um, a film that was hated bitterly upon its release by just about everyone, but it has been gaining traction, and you were talking about how it's been recut and, of course, I'm talking about New York, New York. Scorsese's attempt at something like a musical. And, Mike, I'm, I'm right there bringing it to Broadway, aren't they're, they? They're, they're making a musical version of it. I, no casting yet, but it's supposed to open in March. Well, and listen, it's... And it, it could work. It's candor and ebb. I mean, they've had a yeah. couple of successes on Broadway here yeah. and there. So it could work. It could be. So I'm, I haven't seen New York, New York in 30 years. I haven't seen it since it came out. And that was 1977. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to see it again and see, you know, if it's... it was And it was recut. It was there's a director's cut. There was a director's saying, cut that came out several years later. That's that was the first time I saw it. But I, I forget what year that was. I, it was I, was it three five years later? I, I don't know. So we'll have to check that out. So fact checker. See, I remember it being long when I saw it in '77 and hearing that it had been cut. Huh. Because it was doing so such bad business, but yeah. I may be wrong on that. This was such a long time ago. Well, I have to check it out. I mean, I'm not a huge Liza Minnelli fan, but I just recall her being really good, and it's De Niro in his prime. So, and, you know, it's Scorsese in 1977, 78. So start spreading the news. See what I did there? Um, we'll be doing episode 40. <laughs> <laughs> now he's getting a look. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was fairly clever for no. something I just made up on the spot. Start, um, start singing New York, New York. Yep. So uh, our January episode, uh, we folk, we do a reexamination of the one of the more challenging films in Scorsese's Uber, uh, 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 and that would be New York, New York. So uh, let me take this convenient opportunity to remind you that Vintage Sand is and is always a five nines and a four production. I uh, want to thank Melissa for her tech help, as always, Mama Sue for the use of the hall, and Gabby for the ass-kickingly wonderful logo. Uh, remember that we are available on Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And uh, please check out our website, www.vintagesand.com. Please leave us your feedback and suggestions. We want to know what you think. Ideas for new episodes. John out. Uh, it was in 1981 when it was re-released with the restored deleted scenes. Oh, so it was and longer. Including, including the lengthy musical number, Happy Endings, only a small portion of which had appeared in the original release. Oh, I do remember total, that. The total running time of the DVD edition is 163 minutes. Because originally when you so saw like it, it was 155 <laughs> minutes, and then it was cut down right, okay. to 136 minutes. 
Okay, so I'm not senile. Good. All right. <laughs> so uh, thank you, everyone, our audience, for tuning in. Happy watching. Be safe. Please get HBO Max so you can watch both Jean Dielman and Beau Chivai. Uh Brace. And in the mood for love. And I think in the mood for love. I believe. Is, yeah. I believe that all the almost all the movies are being shown. Go Criterion HBO Channel. Max. What? Don't worry. They'll they'll get rid of it under the new management. So don't worry about it. Brace yourself for Babylon. It's either going to be uh, you know it's the new Damien Chazelle film, three hours about Hollywood in the twenties. It's either going to be an epically amazing film or the worst thing you've ever seen there is no in between with Chazelle and uh, have a happy and safe and joyous holiday whichever one or ones you may be celebrating and as always our holiday wish to you as ever is that your favorite films will always be streaming